You're listening to Reflections, a soul music podcast with Jamie and Ash, where we discuss the classic albums with the classic songs. Welcome to another episode of Reflections Music Podcast with me, Jamie. As always, I'm with my man, Ash. How you doing, Ash? Good morning. I am well and good. The sun is shining, so lots to be happy about. I hear that, I hear that. And uh, this week, we are doing The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Massive, massive. Actually, so big that in 1998, when it came out, if you would have said, hey man, this is a Neo Soul album, I'd be like, nah, nah, this is not even in that genre. I bought this album not even thinking it was like more of that. This was like, this was a straight pop in the charts, massive megastar album. And the, and the record sales have shown, the record sales are just ridiculous. Actually, when I mention them, it's, it's, it's out of this world. So it was almost a case of chatting to my wife. She was like, it is Neo Soul, isn't it? It's like, yeah, it really is. <laughs> because the whole time, right, we've been talking about the big three. Your D'Angelo, your Maxwell, your Erica Badu. We're not talking about Lauren Hill. And she's probably, this album has probably outsold all those albums combined. Wow. Do you know what I mean? And it's weird. And uh, yeah, we'll get into it, man. How do you feel about it, Ash? Um, I still really, 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 really struggle to put this in any kind of neo-soul bracket. And I think that's why. It, because it... Because she was part of the Fugees, because she's the girl from Sister Act, because <laughs> out of all of the releases, this is the most... most polished and marketed album of 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 everything that we've done so far and others that we haven't done mm. that we will do in the future yeah. like this is this is major label release like it's the you, you kind of it's a real outlier yeah it, it's just i still really really struggle to put it in any kind of bracket you know it's, it's like whitney houston like whitney houston made soulful pop music like but you never bracketed her as a pop artist. You never bracketed her as an R and B artist. You never bracketed her as a soul. It's just Whitney. Yeah. And that, yeah. It, MJ. You know, when you when you look at Bad and Thriller, those albums, you know, they're pop, they're soul, they're funk. But you, you can't, you don't box them. They're just Michael Jackson. And I feel like this album is is a one of a kind. Um, for for its generation, I don't I don't think like those those massive eighty stars did that. They had that power. Like Mariah Carey maybe had that to a certain extent as well, but but not in the same impact. And I feel like Lauren Hill with this album is in a similar vein. It's it's this album. It's this body of work. It's not this box. It's not that box. It's not that. It is it is this. Um, but yeah. The, Definitely neo soul vibes over it, but it's, I really find it hard to put it in the box. I kind of classified it as it's a straight pop album, but not even it's not even like you could it's not even like um, crossover in the sense that oh yeah it's this soul album and it managed to cross over. There was no crossover involved. It's just straight pop. That's that's how it is, and that's that's how everyone receives it. The amount of people going going through the internet and researching stuff. The, the wide range of people who cite this album as an influence and how it's different to different people. Like, to some people, this is like a classic, one of the classic hip-hop albums of all time, to some people. And it's weird. To me, apart from Lost Ones, I skip a lot of the sort of, like, more in-your-face hip-hop-type tracks because that's not who I am. So it's, it, this, this album is many things to, to different people. Do you know what I mean? I, I find that I do gravitate to certain tracks that we'll we'll, we'll get into. But yeah, it's uh this is a this is a crazy one. And um yeah, China, it kinda of transcends Neo Soul in a way. But anyway. I'm gonna 
get into it now. The usual yeah. facts. All right, let's do it. So, recorded 97, sometime in 97, and to June 98. So, I don't know, that could be 18 months, that could be a year, who knows. But that's what they've given me. Release date, August 25th, 1998. On Rough House Records, which is part of Columbia, which was part of Sony. Rough House had acts like <laughs> Cypress Hill. <laughs> Obviously the Fugees. Glenn Lewis is on there. Talking about some a good album that we probably won't cover because there's just too many. No, probably. I think we've got to cover it. You reckon? Okay. Yeah, I do. Why? But you, you come up in this conversation. <laughs> they know more. Yeah. So yeah, this a few doesn't touch anyone else. Yeah, a few, a few Beanie Seagulls. So yeah, Rough House was doing their thing. Um, producers and writers, and we'll probably touch on this a little bit, but he's actually produced and written everything by Lauren Hill. But as you probably realise, there's that's a bit contentious, but probably get into that. And last thing I got. As of 2009, has sold 19 million units globally. 19 million albums. That That's like some... That's like 80s level of record sales. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yeah. But it, it feels like... It feels like an album of that 80s ilk. Of that, of that star status. Without her... Without, well, no, she is a star, but I don't know. It's really weird. Like, I can't even call her a pop star. Like, I did, when I think of that word, I, I think of Justin Timberlake. I, I, yeah. I, I think I could call Usher a pop star. Yes. You know, I just I really struggle to... It, it's more like you've got to say what popular music, popular music culture, as opposed to, to pop, because the, the connotations of that word pop you know, like it, it takes you somewhere else. What we're talking about is popular music, for and but for a variety of reasons, this album is popular and ticks so many boxes. Like, yeah. And mad. you're right, Fuji's and Sister Act 2 have a lot to do with it. But yeah, let's get into it. Singles Ash. So, first single, you know what that was Do Up, That Thing. Her biggest hit. And I know why. I know why it's her biggest hit, Ash. It was released Why? on my birthday, July 7th, <laughs> 1998. <laughs> I was 21. <laughs> All right. Wow. I, have, I did not know it was released. It probably was released in the States, not not over here, I I imagine. Written and produced by Lauren Hill. The charts positions. She gets a lot of love in the UK, actually, this album. Um, number three in the UK, this went. Number one in the US pop charts. Number two in the US R&B charts. Um, talking about what? Well, where was it now? Uh, I think it's the album. I'll get into it later. Yeah. So Ash, I'll let you start this one. How do you feel about this one? Do up that thing. There's not a lot not to love about this song. You know, as soon as it comes in, it's just a fire. It's fire. It's hype. It builds you up, and then she gets going, and she has this way of of beautifully delivering her lyrics in a rap style without it being rap. There's, up, there's other tracks where, you know, she's rapping hard, but she's definitely rapping in the verses, but it, don't, it doesn't feel like it. It feels, it almost feels a bit, a bit spoken wordy. Like it, it feels more melodic in, the, in her delivery on this track. Um, I love that she has a verse for the boys and she has a verse for the girls um, and, you know, it's just a massive sing-along anthem full of 60s vibes and not just 60s soul, 60s reggae. Like, the, the way that... And it, it's a common thread on, on the album where, where these, these horn lines... And so it's almost like it's a, it's a Motown BV line, but an old 60s, 70s reggae horn line that kind of combines over a hip hop beat, um, and then just and then she just glues it all together with her vocal. It's mad. I think you just managed to to solve a puzzle for me, Ash, because I'm listening to this album and I'm like, it's rootsy as fuck. It's so yeah. rootsy, but I'm like, it hasn't got the 
junk, 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 that usually reggae, but it's got there's yeah, something no, in it. It's the freaking it's horns. That. It's the it's, horns. It's, it's in the horns. Yeah, and man. The That's what it is. And yeah. I was like, where is it? Yeah, BVs as well. You're right. Um, you know, it flips in between the two. Um, so there's definitely a whole heap of Mali influence. That, that is it. Her, her dipping into that world of the Marlies, like, it just kind of doesn't consume the album, but no. it's. It seasons it, man. It seasons yeah. it nicely. Yeah. It spices it up really nice. And um, it's probably why the Brits like like it. Probably. Because it's Cause, the sound yeah. that they're used to hearing. And it's not... If it's just Lauren Hill and if it's just hip-hop or, or if it's just neo-soul, it might even be a little bit threatening. But when you when you get that... You know, because, again, the UK has a lot of love for Motown and and that 60s soul, and there was a whole northern soul scene built around that. Um, and, you know, there's a massive love for reggae music um, over here. So I think those those influences in there definitely helped the appreciation for it in the UK and, and why people love it. Um, but, yeah, this song, absolute banger, massive... I don't think there's anything else like it on the album. So it's not like a, a statement of what to expect. It, but it is a statement in terms of this isn't going to be a wishy-washy album. I've exactly. got something to tell you. I've got something to say. There's an important message in all of these songs that I'm giving to you. And I'm going to let you know from the get-go that even though this is a club banger and you can dance to it and you can sing along to it, there's a real message here that you must take heed of. Yeah, um, you've you just know, yeah, you've but... read my thoughts. I, I basically, I, I was gonna say that yeah, she's letting you know I'm rapping as well as singing. So don't think this is not gonna be. There's still gonna be some hip hop in here, and I've got something to say. That's what that's that's what this that's what the song says for me. I've got something to say, and um, yeah, I'm gonna dress it up in bangers. And this song, Ash, this is what I wanted to say before. At this point that it was released, it was only the tenth song in US history to enter the charts at number one. And this is 98. Can you imagine all the, all the big artists that have come before? It's only the 10th song to go straight to number one. That's how big she was and successful. And, you know, her profile was at the time. Davinio as well. You know, iconic. I always talk about Davinio. Proper iconic. Really iconic. Done really well. And again, the quality of her videos just, just goes on to reiterate what you were saying about the label and how the label approached it and you know the kind of push and and push she had behind her as well just just mental mental no, it looks so slick yeah. so good uh, just yeah and what i think this song does as well if anyone had been uh, living under a rock and didn't know who she was prior to this release it would have shown that she equally sings and raps to like the same level just about that's what comes across it's not not like she sings well and then these raps are just pony or vice versa right she raps really well and the, the singing is whack do you know what i mean it's just like both comparable and both like up there and yeah it comes across really well in this song as well just dope on so many different levels and it was released on my birthday so what can we say Ash? <laughs> amazing yeah yeah amazing i'm gonna move on now to oh man to such a banger x factor Release December 8th, 98. Written and produced again, Lauren Hill. UK chart position, four. I don't remember it getting that much love here in terms of it being like number four in the charts, but yeah, clearly. Um, number 21, US pop. Number seven, US R&B. So more love here than over there. So, and I've got Rootsy. Rootsy, gospel. Rootsy and gospel infused. I've got this tune. So like reggae and gospel. BV's gospely, but then the BV's also reggae. It could be could be like Sarita Marley, like the, the Wailers, like it's got that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. And yeah. But then it's there's that gospel and there's the there's the organ and the organ. You know what I like love about it as well? So the use of the organ, right? You could say Oh, that's kind of gospely, like the Hammond organ styley. But the same but organs used a lot in reggae too. So it's got that, there's that, there's that commonality there. And it's just, oh man, it's so good. And her lyrics. Yeah, I'm uh, not traditionally a lyrics man, but 
listening listening back now the lyrics in this tune if you've anyone man or woman has been through a bad breakup had a bad relationship you you identify with these lyrics there's no way you cannot and it's not like they're clever lyrics they're just like straight to the point you yeah. felt that before you know what i mean like the just to say like loving you is a battle and we both end up with scars come on that's not like that's not poetry that's just straight facts <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's 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 really good, and the video is just the video is lush, which is really pretty. She looks really beautiful in it, and that's another thing as well. It's like I, I haven't seen her for years. I forgot how beautiful she was, or she is. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like it all just comes together in just like a just like a soup of loveliness, man. It's great. I, I love this track so much. What, what are you saying? Um, uh, I think. I think this song is a massive reason why the album is is as successful as it is. It's just that commonality. This is the beauty of popular music and hit music is is that you write songs that people can relate to, and you're able to to sing sing someone's sorrow when they can't sing it for themselves <laughs> and find their pain and find the words that they can't find. And this song does that on every single level. Um, and it, you know, it's it's so powerful. It's so powerful. Her, her, you know, she's she's belting it out, but she, you know, this isn't like this isn't like high end, top end quality vocal. It's just really good vocal with with feeling and with with emotion. You know, you know, you, you don't listen to this and think this is the best singer ever. You know, it's not that. It's just it's. It's really well done, and there's just so much emotion in it. Um, but yeah, I think I think the storytelling of this song really sells the album to the wider public. And then once they once they bought into that, when they then dig into the rest of the album, they find all the other hidden messages and stories, which then enables it to influence them and their art and their music and and that moving forward. You know, I think without this song, the album doesn't do as well. Like, I also feel like it's it's the song that has the least the least amount of hip hop in it, um, and because of and it needed that. It she needed a song that didn't have the over in your face hip hop beat that is pretty much over the, the bulk of the rest of the album. It, it needed that that kind of that safety for all of those people. Because you've got to bear in mind, 98, you know, again, there's certain crowds that know her for Fuji's, but most crowds know her for Killing Me Softly, which is probably the only Fuji song that has no rap on it. It is just her singing uh, an iconic classic song. So I think people, people would have needed to have heard that side of her for it to have the crossover killer hit killer massive album appeal that it is um and when you talk about the video and you you talk about her look as well again it's just another example of major labels when they are at their best like (laughs) putting pieces of puzzles together it's why you know even through all of the nonsense that is goes on in the music industry there is an artistry in A&R and marketing and, and putting an album and a product together that is more than just an artist and their songs and their, and their chords and their music. There's, there's so much more to it, um, which, you know, again, we don't unfortunately see enough of. We don't see enough of these examples in the music business where everyone is playing to their strengths and able to deliver a package, uh, a product to its maximum potential that they do here. Like, it's just... Yeah, yeah, it does. The As soon as the video starts, you're just like, you're just drawn in. And it's not like, it's not one of those ones where it looks like she's really uncomfortable in the video. It just, it just, it's like the images you're seeing, it just fits her. And every everything's right. It's just, it's just... Yeah, but really she, well she is a star. Yeah. She is a star. Like, you know, mm. we, we were talking about Rashawn Patterson in the last episode and, you know, not looking comfortable on camera and not not having that that star power. And, you know, you compare it to this and it is all there. 
it, she's just screaming out star. She was screaming out star as part of the Fugees. You know, she was screaming out star in Sister Act 2. And, you know, it, it's there. It's yeah. There. And it's uh, the night. ironic that uh, this song's called X Factor. And we, we talked about Rasan not having it. She's got it in spades, in bundles. Man. So, third and last release is Everything is Everything. May 4th, 1999, this was released. Writers, Hill, Anna Jahari Newton credited on this one. And he's one of the people that ended up taking her to court um, over this album about, um, not like royalties, basically. Um, yeah, we'll probably touch on that a bit later, but he's one of the dudes. So he's credited on this one, produced by Lauren Hill, Chart Position UK 20, 35 in the US pop and 14 US R&B. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot, but you, it's it's clearly obvious. And I'm it, I'm almost boring myself with my Stevie Wonder references, but it's uh, it's Stevie Wonder-esque again. Um, uh, it's got a great message in this one. And the video is spectacular. Like, simple, but... No, not even simple. No, it's just really creative, I should say. Really creative. Um, but just, just a lovely kind of Stevie Wonder funk groove. And, um, yeah, it's lovely. Really, really like this one. I, don't, I, I haven't got much to say. Like, great social commentary uh, as well. And, you know, speaking specifically to the youth and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's good. It's a good song. Do you know what I mean? Right. I don't know if it would have been my third release. I I could have. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I, I I don't I get know. it as a no. release. If I'm honest, I don't. Bit of a weird one. She had, there are others that she could have done. Yeah, it's, it doesn't. You know, it's very really really hard string lines, really big orchestral, powerful strings over that hip hop beat, and I. Yeah, I don't really get it, um, but maybe it is that that social commentary and, and which is really strong on the track. And she, again, because again, I just I don't know if I was A and R, and I just I don't think I'd I'd be pushing for this as a single. No, I, I wouldn't have. I really wouldn't have. It, um, in fact, so I, it, I'd forgotten that it was a single. It was only when like obviously researching it, I'm like, of course, the video because you don't remember the video, but it's not. It just doesn't just doesn't come across as a single to me it just it just doesn't yeah i mean i've got the vinyl but i've got the vinyl for the x factor remix that's on it i haven't got it to play everything because everything i've got it for for the remix of the other song um yeah like i don't know um but you know there are some really nice bits on the song just overall though i'm, I'm quite happy to skip past this one that's not yeah yeah doesn't, oh, yeah, yeah. doesn't do too much for it but yeah, but that's a statement to, as well to to some of the rest of the quality that's that's on display in the album. You know, mm-hmm. um, a strong song for someone. Yeah, yeah, might not be as strong for. Her. I know. I tell you. I tell you where that's gonna come across right now. So obviously we're moving into the best of the rest segment, and uh, this is funny, right? So I've got one, two, three, four, five. I've got five tracks on my best of the rest. Ash. Lost Ones is not one of those five. Now, you say that to somebody, certain people, they're like, are you crazy? That is... I thought Lost Ones was a single. Well, it it sounds like it should have been. I I really thought that was a single. You know, know before, like, um, you would get kind of, like, leaked. So so I remember, like, again, my my cousin, Omarsha the Great, was... um, she she'd gone to the listening party and so she, when i saw her she came back and she had this tape of the five, five tracks and she was like this is amazing actually like you gotta listen to it um and lost ones was like the first one and right. it feels like you know like that that track um again and where it's placed in the album as well exactly it's one of those ones that would have been leaked to radio like mm-hmm. before the album was released um and if it wasn't a single then it's still just one of those album cuts that's leaked to radio that everyone hears and everyone knows before the album has come out and is in your hands like obviously we're in a completely different world now where where that model doesn't really exist but 
it, it kind of it, it enticed you to want to go out and find out more about the album. And yeah, I think there was it. a I think there was a plan. I think there was a plan for it to be a single. I I think there was, and I think somebody, maybe she did, or maybe someone in the record company made a decision that maybe it was too hip hop. Yeah, too hard. Too hard because it's hard. It's really hard. Um, but again, maybe because it's maybe because it's hip hop, maybe because it's rap, and do you know what? I like some rap. I like I like a lot of rap actually. But if this was if it, if this if Lost Ones was on a like a, a straight hip hop only album, then yeah, that'd be one of my favorites. But there's so much sort of, for want of a better word, soul, more soul, on this album that I just like. I can't. I skip Lost Ones like a lot of the time. I just go to some of the songs I'm going to talk about now, like Superstar and Nothing Even Matters and miseducation of you know like all those all those every ghetto every city like all those songs i will listen to before lost ones and i I mentioned in lost ones a lot because it is a banger and i i looked at my list and i thought like oh gosh why am i leaving it off but that's how it is this album is different things to different people you know um and uh yeah nothing even matters ash that's probably my that is the one that's the song of this album i listen to the most it's the one that um, I make playlists, and I've got like a, I've got like a, I've always had a neo soul playlist, and it's the one song of hers that is on my neo soul playlist, um, because it's got it's got the dude on it, and it's just a beautiful song. And you know what makes me laugh about this song as well? So listen to it um, over the last few days and stuff. It's written and produced by Lauren Hill, but this sounds D'Angelo as it sounds like him all over it, and I'm like. Now he's clearly playing on it, like those keys, the way that's that's his style. But that. I'm like, doesn't he get a bit of credit? Is he cool with that? Because this this is this sounds more like him than her, basically. Do you get what I mean? And uh, it's a it's a great track. It's a beautiful track. But it just made me think about. I never thought about it before. But reading about all the uh, the, the the controversy around, you know, her not giving artist credit it just it really at least uh, stuck out there on that track because i like it so much but yeah so i love that nothing even matters it's just total it's just just smooth d'angelo-ness and it's great and ash i tell you what i do really really love now and i know it's moist it should have been a single really it could have i reckon it'd been a hit zion i could not listen to that 22 years ago I couldn't it was way too moist I was just like all my friends were having started having kids then a lot of of my friends started having kids then but um I just couldn't get into it I just wasn't feeling it and I as cool as it says like now as a dad now listening to it I'm just like nah man I feel you Lauren I feel you all of that (laughs) all that I'm 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 right on board man it's a beautiful song I probably always thought it was a beautiful song because it it is it is nice and um but yeah i really i really love it now and uh lastly my probably my third is uh the miseducation and the, that song it's bec- at the time uh, i started getting into a, a bit of um donny hathaway around about the same time that this album came out and probably just before it because when when i heard miseducation i was like oh my gosh that's, that's donny hathaway Styly, it sounds almost exactly. It's, it's it's proper homage to him, and it's a beautiful song, beautiful beautiful uh, musicianship, and the, the music's lovely. It's lush. It's all that stuff. It's it's classic. It's got the strings and yeah, all the stuff that if you listen to Donny Hathaway, a Donny Hathaway song, a bit like what we were saying about um, uh, Rasan Patterson last week, that you can tell that they brought in a full orchestra or like the musicianship on that is like really high. They, they, they spent money to make that song and that's what it sounds like. It sounds really high quality and uh, yeah, love that. But again, after that, Every Girl, Every City, Stevie Wonder, it's got the clavinets, you know how that goes. And uh, yeah, Superstar because 22 years ago, Ash, I was a massive, massive music snob. And she's just calling people out on it. She's calling people out. 
And I, I'm a bit more, I'm a bit less, less of a music stop these days. A bit more all-encompassing, but I still have a little bit in me and it still speaks to me, man. Like, yeah, and I just love... Yeah, it's still, it's still definitely really yeah. true. And like, I just love, I just love her calling people out. I just love it. It's great. Anyway, your best of the rest. Hit me. Um, See, so yeah, I, I, I don't really go much different than you. Miseducation is incredible. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it really the is. best. It's the best title track song that we've heard. It's you know, again, a lot of the times the title track yeah. is yeah is in the middle of the album or at the start of the album you know or a lead single like you know it's an iconic title of a song of an album like and and the title track backs up its iconic status it's just a masterpiece of a song it is right right at the end like so it it's not fighting with any other song for any kind of attention. It just as soon as it drops, it you're you're in, you're with her. She again, common thread. She's singing from the heart, and it just has this lushness over it. That is just uh, again, you know, major label, next level. Just we're, using we're quality, right? Every single detail here. We're not we're not trying to make it rooty, we're not trying to make it hip hop people, we're not we're not trying to fit any box other than quality lush music from the heart. And it is just class. Absolute class. Just stands out massively for me. Um Yeah. It's uh it's a weird one. I I kind of not forgot about it, but going back to this album for this for this podcast, I was just like Oh my days! How could I forget this tune? Just like I used to rinse this, like over, like it got rinsed. There was a period of time when it was this was the only song being played, and um, yeah, like you say, man, it's just, it's just yeah. Huge, and, and look at that, song. like what what a timelessness about that song, you know, that you can you can play it now, and you can just be like, oh my god. You can still be like, oh my, god, why does no one talk about this song? And they never do because they don't. They never you know, do. but it, it's got this just this underlying quality that's, you know, it's almost like a smugness, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm just chilling. It's cool. You you, you jam with do what and you, you sing along to X Factor. I'm, I don't need to wave my hand in the air. I don't need to, I don't need to jump and shout to get the attention because when you come my way, you're going to know. You're going to know I'm here. Like, and I'm, you know, it's just the, that underlying confidence about it. I don't need to be the biggest voice in the room. Like when I talk, you're gonna listen. It's just so good. Yeah, so and good, I, so good. I definitely get the sense that um, this album coming out at a different time that would have been a release. She definitely would have had to perform it out live a few times, and it would have been. Oh, but I, I don't even know if you could. <laughs> like, I Ima- you know, imagine it, like full live orchestra. It it'd be amazing, and the way she yeah, and the way she. Me, it, it would have to be part of like an orchestral, yeah, yeah. orchestral performance. It ha- has you know? to be. It has to be really big. I could, you could, I could see it sort of in the seventies. Her doing doing that kind of that kind of big show, and they've got like, yeah, the orchestra there and full, you know, that full production they used to do back in the day. Like I could, I could see that, um, and it go down very well because because she has that sound to her voice. Um, I want to chat about her voice in more detail a bit later, but Ash, what else you got? Yeah, no. So again, Zion um, is gorgeous. Uh, the the reggae marching don't, vibes on don't it. Do you think it could have been a release, Zion? Oh, oh yeah, easily, right? easily, easily. But um, again, it just I don't know. Like if you look at it, they've they've given you a banger. They've given you a heartache song, and then she just wants to give you a social commentary song. You know, like it, 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 if you're, you know, th- this is an album where you could have done the full five single releases off of it if she really wanted to. Like, um, but again, when you look at those three singles, where does Zion fit into that? Where does um, Nothing Even Matter fit into that? When you, when you have the heartache of X Factor, like how can you have the, the romance, the beautiful romance, of nothing even matters. Like the two just don't don't fit no. together. No. In, in, 
in in you know having that spotlight shone on them. You can't be singing about all this pain and then be singing about all this love and that be a major single release. Like so, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that that was that was part of it. Um, but yeah, Zion, the guitar, Santana, like Yo. again, major label, like reps, like you know punching their weight, showing how strong they are. I mean, this must have been, this This is about the same time as he, he dropped as, that as album. As Supernatural. Supernatural. Yeah, yeah. It's, about, yeah. Like, it's so, yeah, probably, yeah, probably 98 Smooth came out yeah. from what I can so remember, he, yeah. He, he's back in the conversation. Yep. So it's a smart, it's a smart move for his people um, to get him on there. And it for her, it just adds to the, the level of, of grandeur, and and quality that this album is going to bring you and again he's you know just a, an outstanding intro from the start and that that breakdown bit where he he kind of runs all the way down and she kind of follows him and then it just it kicks back in again just he plays it so well he, he plays it he plays it like the master that he is and he you know he is a master dude um, oh. it's wonderful oh, and i like that it, it doesn't have like sorry to cut you but no, no, it doesn't have a full, doesn't really feel like Latin. Like, I, I don't listen to it and think, oh, this is a Latin song, so I'm going to get Santana on guitar here because this is my, my Latin song. Like, it's not that. Like, even though it's like, it feels like a, a big reggae song and, you know, he, he's just playing acoustic guitar wonderfully. Yeah, mad. Yeah. So Santana is like probably one of the most kind of, soulful guitarists you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of great guitarists people that shred up the fretboard and do all that stuff but a lot of times those guys they lack a lot of feel and when Santana plays it sounds really soulful in 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 his way and you you feel it he he makes the guitar sing for me and you know I study that shit I, I love it so yeah he really brings it across man it's really nice yeah. um I really like to tell him I think Tell Him's lovely. Um, I think it's a nice, a nice number. Um, again, a lot of that. This another really good example of this this whole kind of 60s, 70s BV vibe that that is all over it. And I mean, again, when you when you listen through this album, you can hear like how heavily influenced Amy Winehouse's whole thing is off of this. You know, and don't get me wrong, like Amy's got her own lane and, you know, she's driven down it. But I do feel like, again, listening to this album, and this is a good five, six years before the first Amy Winehouse album, it it allowed, it, it made it, it made it comfortable to hear that kind of vo- vocal and hear those kinds of BVs and hear those kinds of sounds. So, like, it, it wasn't like Amy came and she was introducing people to something brand new or something that was was really old, 20s, 30s jazz. Like, I feel like Lauren Hill would pave a bit of a way for her, for her sound to kind of come through and build on that. Because, um, yeah, there's, there's massive comparisons there. I was, um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's mad. It's mad that you said that. Um... Which uh, Sharika and I, we were talking about this just last night. She made the reference that um, that the Amy Winehouse, um, Lauren Hill reference, and she was like saying what she finds similar is that Lauren Hill, because she's always said this about Amy Winehouse. Amy Winehouse is not the best singer ever in the world, but she has a sound to her voice that just makes you want to listen to it. And like I was, and I feel like that's what I get from Lauren Hill is like, she's not the greatest singer that ever lived, but when she sings on a song, you just like, you want to hear more. It just pulls you in. And it's funny that you made the reference. Cause I, yeah, I think they're very similar in, in, in that respect. Um, and yeah, sorry, Ash, I cut you off. Do you have any more? I have, and then obviously nothing even matters. Like one of the, the greatest love songs ever written. Like it's, it's, gorgeous again if if we're looking at it from a a cynical point of view really smart marketing major label moves by putting d'angelo on the album you gotta think this is like two 
two to three years since, you know, a release from him. We're still another two years away from from Spat from I was about to say Spanish joint. I did say Spanish joint from uh, from Voodoo and and everything that comes from. So his, we, his we know your we know what your we know what your favorite song on on uh on Voodoo is there there Ash now. Yeah, that's my, my favorite. Clear that's like um, my second anyway. <laughs> but um, you know, pulling him in like it, again it adds to the the status. Uh, but unlike what we were talking about with Santana and like we've pulled him in for my Latin song, like we've pulled D'Angelo in for the Neo Soul song. Like, and this, this is the only, this song is the only reason why I would even contemplate thinking about this album in a Neo Soul reign. Um, um, yeah, like it's, it, it just, it, it ticks every single box and the way they just riff off at the end, it just, yeah, I, I could keep on listening for days. For yeah, it. yeah, I have, so, I have so done. so minimal. Over like, the last like, 22 like, years, man. <laughs> like, you know, there's, there's nothing with the clicks. Oh, man. I know. You know, like, I walk down the, I walk down the corridors here and I, I'm, <laughs> that, that's the click that I'm doing. Like, <laughs> just, you know, like, it, yeah, yeah. you know, ah, it's just such a wonderful, wonderful song. And I don't know, I don't think I would look at them as an obvious combination. Um, but they work really well together on the song. Like it, it you know. Yeah, yeah, I think. I, I think if I'm actually, thinking of a D'Angelo duet, I'm not thinking of of the two of them. No, but if I, I think about a duet that right. she has to do with someone, uh, a dude from Neo Soul at the time, D'Angelo would fit better with her than Maxwell would have. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Do you know what I mean? Without, without um, a doubt. But they, but he hasn't given you that rough D'Angelo. No. This track is. The smooth, the yeah, smoothest it's really, smooth. It's really it's smooth. It's smoother than pretty much the whole of the first album of D'Angelo's. Like, there's just there's a lushness there that, yeah. But then it doesn't. It doesn't actually. It it. But it doesn't feel out of place for him either, though. It feels like you could do this all day long. <laughs> you could this. This could yeah. be what you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it. It sounds like because it sounds like oh yeah. This is yeah. This is his style, but it's like, you're like you're right. It's not his style, but he 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 just moves into it so seamlessly and fits over it. It's just it's ah, oh, it's a great song, man. Just no horns, song. no strings. <laughs> I'm in love. Like I still love it. Still that's, love, like, that's definitely saying something. Like yeah, it, 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 that that was the song that really kind of made me want to get into the album. But you know, like listening to listening to the album again now. And I can hear a lot of um, a lot of the second Badu album in here as well. Um, Mama's Gun. I can hear a lot of light, the light reggae influenced influence, and you know, like Badu's yeah. a lot more subtle with it. Yeah. But I can hear stuff on here yeah. that no, I didn't hear before right. that kind of takes it. That makes me put it more in that soul bracket, uh, or more in that neo soul bracket. You know, but um, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, because bloody what you call it? That song. <laughs> What's the song of of Mama's Gun that it could you could actually take it from Mama's Gun and put it directly on this education and it would fit in well. The one where it's got the one the Marley's on it. Is that what it is? Yeah, exactly, exactly. When I heard that, when I heard Mama's Gun, I was just like, oh yeah, this is like a Lauren Hill tune. It almost felt like it was a, it was like Erica and Lauren worked together and then Lauren's like, Oh, I don't want this song for this album, so maybe you have it or something. It just it just it just it's just the way it sounds, it sounds like it could have been on miseducation. But it, again, just in a similar vein to what I just said about Amy Winehouse, it's it's like this album paved a bit of a way and influenced sound and a and a step towards a different influence over soul music, so to speak. Because you know? we, we spoke about um, Baduism and it had um, the hip hop overtones and stuff, but nowhere near to the extent that Miseducation has. You know what I mean? And then obviously by the time Mama's Gun comes around, she's fusing more of the hip hop in the music as well. So yeah, it's really influential. It's massively influential, more influential than I have given it credit for. And probably if we, this is a great thing about this podcast is like I learned things doing it as well. It's It's... If if we hadn't done this, 
then I probably would never have realized that, you know, what her legacy, what uh, Lauren Hill's legacy is and how many people, how many, how many big artists that we like that she's influenced, you know, loads, you know, and uh, yeah, it's amazing. Um, so Ash, we segued nicely onto um, my favorite part because we just get to chat incessantly and ramble her legacy because <laughs> that's we we get to have a proper a proper chat like what we usually do um yeah so where do you think she stands now so it's 22 years since this release she hasn't released another full studio album she's released the unplugged one right is that the only one she's done up to now right so a few podcasts back we said um you know in order to qualify for this podcast you have to have like at least two albums but she doesn't but then again I think at the time we would we weren't thinking we were going to do Lauren Hill because we weren't thinking her in a neo soul context right but once you start thinking about her you have to do it one out regardless of only having one album you have to do it because it's it's that good that influential but now 2020 during the pandemic Ash where do you think she stands um, what do you think how do you think she's looked at looked upon I think yeah I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts after yours but it's an I, interesting I, one I think she stands alone I think I think she completely stands alone like I, I mean I've watched a couple of interviews um, with her talking about the album back in 98 and, and 2000 and you know and she, she talked a lot about it being an, an album full of feeling um, and this is how I feel and in already spoken about her voice being like that you know everything she's singing she's feeling and you know and in the the hip-hop in the lyrical delivery there's feeling there's there's aggression there's passion there's you know there's fierceness in in the words that she's spitting and delivering um but she said her second album would be what she's thinking and i feel like the way that life has has gone for her since then in terms of, you know, people feeling uncomfortable with her, with her speaking out about blackness and whiteness and, and all of that stuff. So she's had uh, a negative racial slant mm-hmm. on her. But then not only that, she's had negative musical connotations as well, mm-hmm. musicians liking to work with her. Right. And then she's upset fans with the way she shows up at shows and yeah, she's not late. the way she wants to mm-hmm. and... You know, she doesn't give to people what what they want, essentially, which is they want to hear this album live, and you don't you don't get it. Like I, I've never gone to see her live. And I haven't either. Off the back of, you know, all of the the bad criticism that well, it gets. So, well, I would switch if I if I went to her her concert and I went and she's played X Factor, but she's doing like a a damn Slime Robbie remix of a yeah. dub version of X Factor. I don't want to hear that. And I, I get when she says, oh, yeah, I'm trying to keep it fresh. But you've only done one album, you know, and people are coming out for that album. Come on, give them, give them something. Just give them. It's, it's you know. part, part of being a star. And, it is part or, of being a star. Or just having music that people love. People love that music. So it don't matter if you've, you've sung it a thousand times. It don't matter if you've sung it ten times. Like you can add some variation, but you have to give the people what they want, even though you're sick and tired of singing it that way. Like that is part of the process. Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, so, so she's had this negativity, not on, you know, when we talk about Benet, we, we, we talk about the negativity on his marriage. You know, there's no negativity about him as a vocalist or, or as a musician or uh, as a performer, you know, but she has managed to isolate herself on so, on so many different levels and not have people cheering for her in so many different lanes. Like I think that's got to mess with your head and make it really hard for you to, one, actually come up with some kind of album that could follow on that or that, or that you could deliver a message. But two, do you really want to follow on from an album like this? When you have something that kind of perfectly talks about life in the way that she does and the way that she delivers it and in a way that transcends race and gender yeah and to back that up with a a quality musical underlying soundtrack to 
those stories that she tells. Like, you know, most people don't have that second album or maybe they have a flop second album and then the third album is the one that gets them there. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, if I was her, I would just, you know what? And again, given the way she feels about the music industry as well, like, why get back into it? Like, I've, I've done this. This is my piece to the world. I don't need to come back into the public eye. I don't need to play my songs the way I want to because people don't like it here and like that. I just do that on my own. Like, this is my album. Here you are. This is my gift to the world. I have, I think she's got six kids. They've got, they'll do stuff, you know, um, and maybe she'll have an impact in another way. But I feel like, because everything else is so tarnished, I feel like it's just better to, at least we've got this. And Sister Act 2. And Sister right. Act 2. And, you know, and, and, like, and, and, and killing me softly. And it, killing me softly. Actually, you know what? Yeah, we, we're, not, we're not giving that credit. Like, we don't give Beyonce credit for the fact that she released three or four quality Destiny's Child albums before releasing another five, six Beyonce albums. Like, Lauren Hill was still an integral part of two amazing Fuji albums that are up there. And they're not just any old albums. Like, she was part of a collective, you know? So she, she's given the world a lot, a lot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a strange one. You know, it's, it's, it reminds me of, um, to D'Angelo waiting 15 years to release a follow-up to Voodoo, you know, and I don't view, view Voodoo in the same way that a lot, that a lot of pe- other people do, but, you know, to, to a lot of people, that was his opus, Magnus opus, up to that point, and, uh, you know, like, to try and follow something that you think is great, or was perfect, or was totally your vision, which it seems like Voodoo was, um, I, c- I can imagine that's, that's that's a bit of a... But sometimes, sometimes you know what a lot of artists do, you, you hear about it, right? So I was reading about um, Prince when he released uh, Purple Rain, and what some artists do, they, they release that album that is so big, so it, it almost engulfs who they are, and then they on purpose release, like, not a dud, but like a, an album that they know is not going to... So they get it out of the way. They get that yeah. album that's not gonna that can't compete with that with that big behemoth. It, it can't compete with that. So they get that one out of the way, and then it's like, okay, now we're starting from zero again, and then there's not that expectation because you know, and a, a, there's a lot of acts have done that. Like Beatles did that. I think they did that with the White Album. They released the White Album, then they released something crazy. Like I don't know, I can't remember. I can't remember their albums, but I know it wasn't as big as that one. So yeah, it's. Maybe they should have done that. <laughs> Maybe she should have done that. Or, but like I saw that um, that interview that you're talking about, and then the way her mind works, she was never going to do that. You know, she was never just gonna do a throwaway album. I don't. She 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 doesn't have that capacity to do. And um, she was talking about she's like quite spiritual, and she's talking about being led by you know her beliefs and stuff like that. And like usually when she gets the message, you know, from on high, and for for whatever reason she probably feels she hasn't got that message yet. So, yeah. But at this point, I don't think we'll ever get another one. I think this is it. I think, like you say, the two Fuji's albums, two Fuji's albums, The Miseducation, and a few other singles here and there. You know, like, I love her. I love the track that they turn the Daleks down low with Bob Marley. Yeah. That was on the Best Man soundtrack. Man, I used to rinse that for days. I checked yeah, that. Yeah, I checked that video out as well. And again, even though it's not even on her album, the way that video is shot, I mean, it's done in Jamaica and she's with she's with uh, um, Rohan Marley. And it's, but it's done, it's shot in such a way that conveys everything she is. And it's just, it's just, it's just great. It's just great. Like, like you say, the record company, they were, they were on fire. Like whoever was A&R in her, her project and working with her, management all that stuff it, they were all on point at the time like everything she did was like fire and it yeah. looked fire and i think maybe maybe again that has a lot to do with it maybe you know back in mid to late mid to late um 90s when she was doing this stuff maybe the team she had around her was solid 
maybe she hasn't got the same team you know people come and go you know people fall out and you know sometimes you feel like I read a lot um, about artists they're doing their best work when they were working with this person or you know when they when this person was their writing partner or you know and then they left and it just didn't work out right or a bit like even like football teams you know like you got the you got the manager and then he had all his success when he had this assistant the assistant goes and then all of a sudden it just doesn't feel right and maybe the team rounder you know changed and maybe all that stuff so yeah um, you know sometimes there's a point when you're just doing your best work and you just you you can't reach it again i don't think i don't think prince ever reached the pinnacle of um purple rain again even though he did bangers afterwards you just know mm. sometimes sometimes you peak you peak yeah you know and that's and that's how it that's how it goes but it's still a banger it's still worthy for us to discuss it it is neo soul ash <laughs> it is you know it's, it's one of the all-time <laughs> great albums ever ever i i imagine my children listening to that album at some point in the yeah, same yeah. way that i listen to songs in the key of life i was just about to say it's 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 like that isn't it it's got that status yeah oh we haven't talked about the interludes oh my gosh <laughs> yeah go and hit me <laughs> oh, you know the, again it just again record company genius like whoever thought of that of getting those kids in the classroom to talk about those topics and the way they fit it all in like again just listening to it this morning on my drive and you know that the opening intro the music in it that's neo soul like sounds gorgeous like and and just real nice it's it just sounds honest it sounds real and it it ties the album together so nicely with, with all these messages and that you know actually we think we're we're big and growing and we know it all but don't know anything sometimes man don't know anything at all like but yeah, sorry, I needed to get that in. I just no, 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 it's valid. Touched. In fact, in fact, I probably would have after we were done. I probably would have been like, yeah, why don't we talk about that stuff? Because it's it's like a thing. Cool, that was a good one, Ash. I think, I think, I think that's all we have to say. That's all I have to say, Miss Education, um, listeners. If I've missed anything, because I know a lot of you would probably love this album as much as Ashley and I do. And uh, if I missed anything, my apologies. Um, but yeah. That's it. That's it. A great album. If you don't know it, please go and listen to it. Not much to do from this point. It's apart from do the thing, Ash. I need your recommendations. Your Ash recommends for this week. You're looking pained. No, I'm not going to talk about Leanna Le Havis yet. I'm not going to talk about it yet. I'm going to okay, spend cool. some more time with that album before I talk about it. So, but that that is mm. one that... Um, but yeah, everyone should be checking out. I'm going to talk about a group called Her Songs. So there are a collective of female singers who meet up uh, once a year, uh, go to a random location, chill out in a house for a week and just write a ton of songs. Um, and they've dropped one EP earlier on this year. They've dropped the first single from the second EP that they drop in. Um and yeah, just really nice, cool, soulful vibes. Um, people that I rate a lot, Marie Dahlstrom, Emma V, uh, The Naked Eye, um, and a couple of other American singer-songwriters as well. And yeah, just good, nice, easy soul music to put on and listen to. And just a really cool project, like when you can be an independent artist and come up with this idea of, I want to, you know, get together with some singer-songwriters and just sit, collaborate and put that pressure on yourself to get get a product done in that time. Um, but also, you know, they managed to find funding to resource it and to fly out. And I think they went to LA for the last one, which is cool, you know, go out, take in different climates, meet different people um, and produce great music, which is what they've done on an independent project. So yeah, H-E-R songs, her songs, look it up. Check it out. See what you think. Let us know. Good. All right, Ash. Well, that brings us to the end of another one. Episode six, I believe. 
we've done six. Yeah, six indeed. Yeah. I, never, I never thought we'd yeah. make it six. I don't know why I never thought. It just seemed like, well, yeah. And there's more to come. So it's a good thing. Ash, thank you, my man. Thanking you. And, uh, oh, yeah. Where can they find you? Uh, Music is Remedy or Ash Roy are my handles on Insta and Twitter. Yeah, come say hello. Jay, what about you? Um, at Jamie John Chi on Twitter and I think it's the same on Instagram <laughs> I don't know but you might get him on the tweet uh, yeah um, and um, on on Twitter uh, handle is at reflections mus1 and on Instagram it's at reflections music podcast right yeah that's right so yeah do follow and yeah however you're listening to this whether if you're on apple or if you are on spotify or anything else if there's a follow if there's a subscribe click that button give us a like give us a rating give us a recommendation or just just talk to us let us know how this is sounding to you what we're doing and and how it all works helps us move forward please do please do anyway ash like i said thank you my man and this this was another great one Another Indeed. good one. Um, I was worried about this one actually. I felt felt a lot of pressure talking about this album, and actually, yeah, it it, it made a lot of sense. Actually. Yeah, my thoughts about it actually kind of came together. Yeah, a lot easier than I thought it would because it's a massive album. A lot to unpack, right? But I think I think we did a decent job. I think we did a decent job. Well, of course, I, of course, I would say that. Obviously, when I listen back to, it, I might be like, we're chatting pure rubbish. Anyway, no. No, we never do. We always chat sense. Anyway, yes. Ashmore man, have a good week. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Same Folks, thanks for listening and uh, see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>